What's up, everyone, and welcome into episode number 90, where it is time. It is March Madness time, and that's exactly what it has been today, because it has been absolutely madness today. And because of that, let's get right into it and talk about the two huge upsets that happened today with Arizona going down to 15th seed Princeton and then Virginia going down to 13th seed Furman. So let's talk about the Virginia Furman game at first because this was a game that some people were predicting. I didn't necessarily predict this. I had Virginia winning. But now looking back at it, you kind of can see this Virginia team outside of their national championship under Tony Bennett. They very much underperform every single tournament, especially as of late. Because, one, they were the first one seed to ever lose to a 16 seed, which they were absolutely dominated that game. Lost to UC, UCMB by 20 points. And then they also lost last year as well. And they just lost to a Furman team. And it wasn't something that a lot of people, like I said, expected or saw coming. Especially uh, Virginia was up late in that game. And their senior point guard made a very dumb mistake. Some people might consider that be one of the dumbest mistakes in March Madness history ends up throwing the ball up. Furman ends up hitting a three with Virginia's defense out of sorts, which that's what Virginia is known for is their defense because their offense is not very good. They've never really been very good. They've always been a defensive team, and they've always been a slower team as well. Furman hits that three. Virginia gets a decent look to win the game by about... 10 feet outside the three-point line. Falls up just short. Looks like it's possibly good, but ends up losing. And that is the first upset of the day. Second upset comes not too long after where Princeton ends up upsetting number two Arizona. And Arizona is kind of one of those teams as now that's kind of in that camp of Virginia, of a team that has really underperformed in March Madness because they have so much expectations coming in every year. They have so much talent. It just feels like they just can't get over the hump of either a solid team or it just seems like whenever there's a close game, they lose, and that's exactly what happens in this game. Arizona, for the most part, was winning this whole game, and they allowed Princeton to go on a really big run to end the game, and because of that, Princeton got a huge victory and we've seen other close games we've seen big 10 teams continue to struggle which i don't think that's really anyone's surprise at least as of this point you saw maryland actually beating west virginia i think a lot of people did not see that coming to start today's games but you also had iowa going down to number I believe they were number nine, Auburn. End up losing by like eight to them. You also have Northwestern winning right now. They're up by six. But it just kind of seems like the Big Ten has continued 
to struggle every single year in the Big Ten and in March, and this is not one of those years that isn't that. They're just going to continue to struggle. You have Michigan State playing tomorrow against USC. That's a big game. Michigan State is currently the favorite by two points. I definitely think it will be a very good and fun matchup between both teams because both teams are very guard-heavy, and I talked a little bit about that on the past episode, the one before I released the interview. But this is going to be a game that Michigan State is going to have to come out and play well and shoot the three very well because if they don't do that, USC is very good at defending the mid-range jumper and they're also very good at shot blocking as well now if you've watched michigan state all year they don't really have very much of an interior game and when we see michigan state starting to struggle shooting the ball on the outside especially from three that's when michigan state really struggles and that's when they end up losing to teams like ohio state now hopefully that doesn't happen but it also kind of can change on the defensive end as well because lately Michigan State has been struggling mightily on the defensive end. They're really going to have to guard Boogie Ellis. He's going to be the guy that, if USC is going to win, he's going to be the guy that's probably going to go off. Peterson as well. I was listening on Lockdown Spartans earlier today and there was a person from the LA Times that covers USC it seems like Peterson should be healthy now maybe the back will bother him a little bit but it doesn't seem like that's going to be really affecting him too much now let's talk about another injury that seems like they've been affecting the player as of late and that's Malik Hall Malik Hall I don't think has ever really recovered from his foot slash ankle injury. Some days he said are good, some days he said are bad. You can definitely tell that against Ohio State it wasn't very good. He wasn't moving extremely well at the open practice today. It definitely looked like he was moving quite better than what he did against Ohio State. Now that's just today. We'll see what happens tomorrow. But throughout open practice... It was actually pretty funny. I saw a tweet from, I believe it was Chris Lari, and he said that Carson Cooper, Mike Sissoko, and Jackson Kohler all hit a three in the shoot-around today, and that's pretty funny because I didn't know that they could hit a three. Now, if they take one in the middle of the game, will they probably be pulled out by Tom Mizzo? Absolutely. But at this point, Michigan State, like I said, has no interior game whatsoever. If they have it wide open, I don't know. It wouldn't hurt. They've made it in practice. I don't know how many times it took them to make it in the practice. It might, they might shoot like 5% from that point. But if they shoot and they make it the first time, hey, you know what? They might get a little bit of attention which could help the other shooters at Michigan State. I was also reading a couple of articles about this matchup, and I think Joey Hauser should hopefully have a good game tomorrow. Tyson Walker is going to have to be really good, and 
The main guy that Michigan State really needs to kind of step up is A.J. Hogard. This team, and I've said it a billion times, this team goes as far as A.J. Hogard takes them because A.J. Hogard is the guy that makes this offense and defense runs. If A.J. Hogard is on, if he's not getting yelled at by Izzo until he finally starts getting involved in the game and not making mistakes, then it could be a long day for Michigan State. But if A.J. Hogard is on from the opening tip, then this is a team that could make a run, especially with having shooters like I talked about in Tyson Walker, Joey Hauser. Malik Hall needs to be better. Hopefully he can start shooting a little better as well. And from there, we'll see. We'll see what Michigan State does against USC. I'm not really going to make a prediction because it seems like every time I make a prediction, the opposite happens. So I will not be making a prediction today. But honestly, these first four days of the March Madness is probably some of the best games of the year because I'm a huge March Madness fan. I love the opening games. They're so entertaining. You never know what happens. And I'm a big second round guy. It's just because you have back to back to back to back days. Honestly, you could sit in front of a TV and a computer screen for 96 straight hours and watch sports and watch really great basketball. And that's honestly probably what I'm going to be doing a lot of for these next couple of days because who doesn't love March Madness? Who doesn't love upsets? Who doesn't love buzzer beaters? And that's one thing that we haven't gotten today is we have not gotten a last second buzzer beater at the end of the game. Now, we did get the Furman one, but Virginia had a chance to win the game they missed it but I want to see a last second buzzer beater that literally just completely ends the game like that's exactly what I'm looking for we haven't seen that we also haven't had an overtime game today which is really weird maybe we'll get one in this nightcap but yeah you got Northwestern up by 10 right now really representing the Big Ten well and you gotta give Credit to Collins as the head coach of Northwestern. He's done a really great job with this program. They're playing against Boise State. I did have Northwestern winning this game. I don't think a lot of people had Boise State winning this game. I think a lot of people really expected Northwestern to win it. Now, if I post this and Northwestern loses, I completely apologize because this is probably me jinxing this game because there's still 239 left to go as well just looked it looks like Colgate's down by nine against Texas with eight minutes left to go that's a dangerous team if they can get hot they're actually one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country I actually I believe they're the best at 41 percent from three Colgate's not really shooting very well from three as of right now but they are dominating down low, and if they continue to do that and force Texas to miss shots, Colgate definitely has a chance now. I really need Texas to win this game, so hopefully, again, I'm not jinxing that, but we'll see. So now let's talk about some of the earlier games. You had Kansas absolutely dominate Howard, not really anywhere close. 
You also had Alabama dominate their 16th seed. But honestly, the best team today has probably been Duke. Duke is a very, very dangerous team, and they really took it to Oral Roberts and never gave them, honestly, a chance. I know some people might say, well, it's Oral Roberts, they're a 12 seed. But this is an Oral Roberts that people have to remember went on a really big run last year. They also have their main scorer back. They have a 7-5 big man that can shoot the three as well. And it just looked like Duke absolutely dominated from the tip. It took it took Oral Roberts over seven minutes to even score any points whatsoever. So Duke is definitely one of those teams to watch out for. Tomorrow we have quite a few good games as well. It opens up with Michigan State at USC. Then there's Baylor UCSB. That's kind of one of those where some people are doing a prediction because UCSB is a very high-scoring team. That's a team that could keep up with Baylor offensively. Do I think that will happen? Probably not. Then the game after that, you have VCU-St. Mary's. That's another 12-5 matchup that you could possibly see an upset. You have Vermont Marquette. This isn't one of those 12, or sorry, two fifteens that a lot of people are predicting, but Vermont's on offensively, and they're hitting their shots. This is a Vermont team that could give... Marquette is scared. Do I think that happens? Probably not. The next game is Pitt-Iowa State. Pitt was lucky to get out of their first four game. I haven't really watched Iowa State too much this season. I, it'll probably be a decent game. You have Crane versus NC State. Crane's one of those teams that is very, very inconsistent, which is a lot of teams that have occurred this year and Creighton has the ability to absolutely lose this game and they lose it pretty handily or they have the ability to absolutely dominate them and just dominate their way into like a elite eight because Creighton has the ability to go that far if they're playing well and hitting their shots after that you have Iona versus UConn this is one of those games that people are Kind of predicting a possible upset because you do have Patino under Iona and UConn isn't the most consistent team of all time. And you also have an Iona team that has given teams plenty of issues. And you have Patino as well as their head coach. You never know. He he's always has a well-coached team. I think UConn probably wins this game. But it wouldn't surprise me if Iona gives... You kind of little bit of a scare in this situation. After that, you have Purdue versus Fair Dickinson, which they're a 16 seed. They're really not going to give Purdue a very much of a scare because they're actually the smallest team in Division One basketball, and with a seven four Zach E D. Purdue should absolutely dominate in this game. It shouldn't be really even close. After that, you have another game that could be very, very good. You have Kentucky versus Providence. Both these teams are kind of going in opposite directions. Providence is really struggling late in the season. They barely made the tournament. You also have Kentucky that's been playing much better down the stretch. I do expect Kentucky to win this game. 
But we also saw Kentucky go down to St. Peter's last year as a two seed. So hasn't been very much of success on their end as of late. After that, you have five seed Miami versus 12 seed Drake. This could be another possible 12-5 upset. Miami is really only a two-point favorite in this game. I do think Miami ends up winning this game because they have very experienced guard play, and I definitely think they're going to really rely on that. And as we know, in March, guard play wins in March, and I think they'll be pretty pretty good in this game. Got four more games. Actually, five more games after that. You have Gonzaga versus Grand Canyon. Gonzaga wins this game. I would be shocked if Gonzaga loses. Really cool story about Grand Canyon making it, but they also lost all their equipment, so that was kind of interesting. They should have gotten it today, but it's interesting that like all the cheerleaders and like band people got their equipment, but the basketball players did not. This next game is definitely going to be one of the more exciting games of the NCAA tournament, especially the first round tournament, because you have two very, very good and fun basketball teams, and that's FAU versus Memphis. Memphis is coming off an absolutely dominating performance against number one Houston, and they looked really, really good in their game, but they got matched up against an FAU team that has just been electric all year. It's a team that could very much cause issues for the next round for Purdue if they're able to win this game. Next round, if you have if you're Purdue, if you have FAU or Memphis, that's definitely a very, very scary matchup because if both of those teams are on, they could easily go on a run because we saw Memphis do it and FAU is just electric on offense. Three more games after that, you have Kansas State versus Montana State. Kansas State, you have Keontae Johnson. This is a game I probably expect Kansas State to win. I think Keontae Johnson's going to be very good in this NCAA tournament. He's been very consistent for them throughout the throughout the regular season. I think that will continue to go that way. Also, Northwestern just won which is awesome for them. They haven't won a NCAA tournament bid in a really long time or an NCAA tournament, tournament game. I don't think they've ever won one, if I'm correct. But huge win for them. That's going to be a good possible matchup, whoever they play in the next round, especially if they play UCLA because UCLA doesn't have their best defender. He's out with an Achilles injury. And, yeah, it just says that the first round of 32 for the first time since 1989. So it's definitely been a really, really long time since Northwestern has won. Now let's go on to another game, a game that a lot of people are predicting an upset for, and that's Indiana versus Kent State. This is a game that if you're Indiana, this is a really, really bad matchup for you. This is the team in my opinion if you're a four seed this is the team you want to avoid because you have a Kent State team that has gone against some of the top teams in the country have competed extremely well almost beat Gonzaga early on in this season you have a really great defensive team they have 
a couple really good offensive players. This is just a really well-rounded Kent State team, and it's a team that if they get hot and they just continue to play well defensively, this is a team that could easily knock off Indiana and possibly, and I've said this a couple of times, possibly go on a run, but this is a legit MAC team, and it wouldn't surprise me to see Kent State with a victory um, tomorrow night. Last game is Arizona State versus TCU. This is going to be, again, another fun matchup. You have an Arizona team that absolutely dominated their first four game. They looked extremely good. You have a TCU team that has been pretty solid throughout the season. They're a sixth seed for a reason. They also have a newer coach as well. They're coming off of a tough loss to Texas, but before then... They beat Texas. They also beat Kansas State convincingly as well. So this is a TCU team that's definitely going to have to watch out for Arizona State. And, yeah, that's kind of really the matchups going into tomorrow. I think tomorrow is going to be really entertaining as well. Tonight there's still quite a few matchups left to go. You have Houston versus North Kentucky starting right now. You also have... Tennessee, Louisiana playing right now. Tennessee's down by one really early on. That's a team that's always kind of considered an upset watch, especially with Rick Barnes. He really hasn't had success in a long time in the NCAA tournament. Tennessee really hasn't as well. So definitely watch out for that game if you're tuning in tonight. The last game I really want to talk about, and I think it's going to probably be by far the best night game, and that's... Penn State versus Texas A&M. This is a matchup for both teams. I think both teams got unfairly seeded because you have a Penn State team that is one of the highest teams in the country. They absolutely do not deserve to go up against a Texas A&M team that should definitely not be a 10 seed because they are literally the second best team in the SEC throughout the whole season. This is a Texas A&M team that is a scary team for any team to play. And this is honestly, just in my opinion, this is an unfair game for both teams because both teams absolutely should not be playing each other. Both teams should get an opportunity to play another team. I think Texas A&M should have probably been an 8-9. It doesn't surprise me too much. Oh, sorry. Texas A&M should have been probably a 6. Penn State should have probably been an 8-9 game. These teams should not be playing each other, in my opinion. Now, with that being said, it's going to be a very, very fun game because you have Seth Lundy, you have Pickett as well. You get to watch Booty Ball tonight, and that is actually what they call it. So if you never watch Penn State, they actually do call it Booty Ball. One of the more fun styles of basketball, basically they just put Pickett down low and just let him go to work. And then if he gets double-team kick out for an open three and this is a Penn State team you have Lundy you have Funk you have several players that can hit threes consistently this is a really really fun Penn State team and it kind of sucks that they're having to play a Texas A&M team because this Texas A&M team is just extremely athletic they also have former Michigan State big man Julius Marble that has been very good and consistent throughout this year down low this is going to be a fun fun game 
to watch, and I'll definitely be tuning in for that. And then, of course, the last game of the night is UCLA versus UNC Asheville. I'm interested to see what UCLA looks like tonight, especially, like I talked about, without the best defender having an Achilles injury. We will definitely see. We'll see if they look good. But that next game, whichever team it is, they're going to be playing a Northwestern team that's really good defensively and a team that can knock down shots. And you have Boo Booey and you have Adij as well. So lots of really good things going on. Probably will release a podcast on Sunday, kind of talk about the games tomorrow, and I'll probably release a episode on Sunday, later on Sunday, so I can talk about those games as well throughout the throughout that day. And then Monday, I have another interview I will be releasing. Really great interview. It's about special teams. It's a discussion that isn't talked about very much that should definitely be talked more about. So look forward to that. Thank you again for tuning into episode number 90. I can't believe it's 10 episodes away from 100. It's crazy. But yeah, thank you for the support. If you don't, please go follow the Instagram page or Twitter page as well. It's the same name, Michigan Sports. Please go support those pages. That would definitely mean a lot. But yeah, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy March Madness because it just began.